You're listening to New Life Washington Podcast. We pray this sermon encourages you and builds up your faith. It's our goal to help you live so that no one misses the grace of God. Enjoy the sermon. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. For those of you guys who don't know me, I am CJ Fisher. I oversee and pastor our young adults group called The Armory. So if you know of any young adults that have graduated high school or getting ready to graduate high school, love to see them come in. Uh, we meet over in Morton at 601. We usually share a meal together. Uh, now it's bring your own dinner right now, but share a meal and then we get things rolling around 701. But uh, my full-time gig is I work with Youth for Christ Juvenile Justice Ministry. And man, I love working with incarcerated youth. It's awesome, but that's not why we're here. So we've been in this sermon series about Sabbath. We thought it would be important to take just a short break from our sermon series and talk about the importance of invitation. Because one of the kind of missional goals of new life is that no one misses the grace of God. And this message is so important. And the fall festival is a great opportunity for us to get into the community, to bring people into our doors, to build relationships, to serve the community, and really be a presence, a light for the community. And so we want to just encourage you. We want to also dive into a little bit of scripture today that talks about invitation. And really, let's get the community in our doors. Amen? Because the message of Jesus, the saving grace and the message is not worth holding to ourselves, but it's worth sharing with everybody. Amen. We look at scripture, we open up to the book of Genesis, and we find that God created this perfect world. And through that perfection, he was walking with us and in relationship with us. And in his infinite design said, I want my creation to want, desire, and crave relationships. It's, it's in who we are. I mean, we look at 2020, we look at all the things that happened with COVID, we see all the, just the technology and everything that we have today, and it separates us out from each other. Like today, we are, are, are more isolated than any other generation. And it's within that isolation, there's something deep inside of us, if we're honest, that craves deep, authentic relationships. We feel the need to want to, to belong somewhere. We feel the need for purpose. We feel the need to, to feel connected because it, no matter how much time that you spend on social media, it still feels empty. It doesn't, there's, there's a lack of authenticity that comes from it. We desire personal relationships, but even more so, I would argue that, that we desire personal invitation. You know, I get on Facebook and I see all sorts of invitations and, you know, hey, come to my thing and check this out and check out my group and do all this other stuff. And just, it doesn't feel personal. And when you get like a wedding invitation or birthday invitation or some sort of invite in the mail, you're like, oh, sweet, it's an invitation. But there's just something that's still missing from uh, that just personal contact. You know, when I call somebody up, I'm like, hey, I thought of you, and I want you to come to this thing. Or like, I want you to come to my wedding, or I want you to come to my birthday party. And just the, the time that gets invested in that invitation alone speaks volumes to the relationship that a person desires, to 
to the, the, the inclus- inclusion that people want to feel like they feel like they belong to somebody. And so this morning, we're going to dive into a passage of Scripture. I'd love for you guys to turn to Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. And we're going to look at what does invitation look like? Matthew 4, 18 through 22 says, While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he, Jesus, saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting out nets into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left their boats and their father and followed him. Did you catch it? Did you hear the invite? So I think in this passage, I see two invitations. The first one is this personal invitation. So Jesus went physically to them, and he was present in their lives, and he, and he gave them an opportunity that a lot of these disciples, the would-be disciples, never had. So let me explain something to you. In those days, to be a disciple of a rabbi was a really huge thing. Rabbis, these teachers of the law and of scripture, would go out and they would seek kind of the best and the brightest and try to get them to come along, to study scripture with them, to be like them, to learn from them. And there was, it was quite a time commitment. And so when the, these guys would go out and they would pick these disciples that would sit and learn from them. And that was a big deal. And if you weren't smart enough or if you weren't connected enough, you wouldn't make the cut. You would not become a disciple of a rabbi. And so then your choices were maybe you go to the marketplace, you had to find some sort of craft. But a lot of times you were usually a fisherman or you were a shepherd. And that was kind of like the, uh, you know, those were the outcast type of people. And so when Jesus comes to these guys and he reaches out a personal invite and says, hey, I want you to follow me. These guys didn't hear just, uh, oh, okay, I get to be a part of what you're doing. But they heard, I get to spend time with a phenomenal teacher. I get to be in relationship. But they also knew that there'd be some service that was going to be involved. They knew that they were going to impact the community. They knew that they were going to be sitting at the feet of Jesus learning what he had to teach. And ultimately, we know from the gospel that he came to be Lord of Lords and King of Kings, to be our Savior. Amen? And what's cool about this is that he just, he didn't want the best and the brightest, but he reached for the outcast people. And so he identified the fishermen, the shepherds, and even the tax collectors. In Matthew 9.9, we read, when he went and recruited Matthew, it says that he was sitting in the tax booth collecting taxes, and Jesus is like, hey, come on, follow me. And Matthew got up, started following Jesus. And I don't know about you, so I live over in Morton, in Tazewell County, and I can tell you, there hasn't been a single time that I've called up Mary Burris and been like, hey, I know you take my property taxes every year. I'd love for you to come over to my house and hang out with me. And I've never called up the IRS, and been like, hey, you take my money from me all the time. Come over to my house and hang out with me, you know? And one thing that I know is true 
is that, surprise, surprise, back in Jesus' day, they hated the tax collectors too. And they had it even worse because the tax collectors wouldn't take what was just required, but they would take the extra and they could keep it, which made them really rich. And they hated them. I mean, I, 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 we think we have it bad now, but they hated them. They were like the low of the low. And it's, ugh. And so there was something, especially even if you think about it, even for Matthew, when he hears this invitation, there's, there's something that was inviting enough for him to leave everything. Because he understood that there would be life change. They under, he understood that there's something about Jesus that was going to be different. But it was all happened because there was a personal invitation that was made to him. And for us, we love that personal invitation. So let's go back to Matthew 4 and see maybe how we should respond. So while walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a nets into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately, everyone say immediately. Immediately, they left their nets, they left their, their income, their source, their job, and they left to follow him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately, they left their boats and followed him. Immediately. So there's this sense of urgency that we get. And I think a lot of times in our own life, we, we hear these nudges in our spirit from the Holy Spirit that nudges us. Hey, maybe I should reach out to this person. Or maybe I should invite this person. Or maybe I should go serve. Or maybe you hear a need at church and you're like, oh, maybe I should do that. Well, I don't know. And so we just kind of sit there and we let the invitation pass us by. But there's something about this personal invitation that Jesus gives us that when the Holy Spirit nudges us, we should be moved immediately by those nudgings and not let those things pass us by because those nudging leads us to expanding the kingdom. And greater things can happen when we respond. Especially, so they have this immediate movement. And so the second thing that I think we see here is that these guys knew what they were going to be in line for. These guys knew that they were going to be serving Jesus. They knew that they were going to be serving the community. And I think for us, we can fall in this trap of, well, that's not really my calling to do that. Or I don't really feel like that. And so we just sit. We just, we don't serve. You know, I'm not really in a kid, so I'm not going to go serve in kids' life. Well, surprise, surprise, if we all said that, guess what? Nobody would be back in kids' life. And so there's, the, the disciples knew that they would be stepping into areas of ministry that they would have to learn to kind of get accustomed to, you know? For us, we might be building things. For us, we might be taking out the garbage or rearranging chairs or passing out candy or he might be teaching, or he might be serving to some capacity, or we might, just might, be up on stage. Who knows, you know? But there's usually a calling there, and even though it, we may not feel like it's, it's God's calling our will at the time, but 
there's a space for us to step into a need, even for a short season, which will help further the kingdom of God. And because of that, it's like we, we have training, we have great leaders that can help train us and get us into those positions because guess what? The disciples sat at Jesus' feet and they were uneducated men. Scripture says that, that the religious leaders were amazed and the people were amazed that these uneducated men were doing and, and showing the signs and wonders of God because of the power that the Holy Spirit gave them. And that can happen to us too. So I'd like to take a minute and just invite you guys personally to either serve or be a part of our fall festival. So we got some really awesome door hangers. And I would encourage you guys, put one on your door or grab several. That way you can make a personal, everyone say personal, personal invitation. Don't just ding dong ditch these things. Go to my neighbor, put it on their door, and then run away. Like, go knock on their door and say, hey, I'm your neighbor. Here, I want to invite you to this thing. There's that special touch. Also, a quick story while they're passing them out. So we were talking to preaching team about these things. And for whatever reason, I had a brain fart. And they're like, hey, we got these door hangers that we're going to pass out to everyone. And in my mind, I'm thinking, like, the Christmas wreath door hangers, this huge thing that you would hang on the door. I'm like, you got like 2,000 of those things? How are, we, how are you going to pass that out to everyone? And then they said, no, dummy, the, the smaller door hangers. I'm like, oh, okay, that makes way more sense. All right, so we see in this passage in Matthew 4, 18 through 22, there's another invitation that we're invited to, and that's a spiritual invitation. In verse 19, it says, And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me. There's a much deeper, richer understanding. And the, the disciples probably at the time didn't realize this, but we do because we have been blessed with Scripture. We get to read the very words of Jesus. We get to read the accounts of what he did, where he went, and how he performed. And what was cool is that we get to see that the end of the story says that Jesus willingly gave his life on the cross, that he resurrected three days later, and because of that, we get to spend an eternity with him. And so at the time, the disciples knew something big was going to happen, and so they said yes, they committed to this. But on a much deeper spiritual level, they, they got more than probably what they were expecting. They got to learn from the creator of the universe. Jesus' very words spoke things into existence. And we get those very words in Scripture today. And for us to be able to sit at the feet of Jesus, open up our Bibles to, to read this freeing life. We just sang a song about we're free now. We're free from our sinful life because of Jesus, because of what he did. We're no longer bound to the, by the chains of sin. And how amazing is it that the creator of the universe took on flesh, came to us personally to invite us to an everlasting life with him. Amen? And so we get this spiritual invitation to not only sit at the feet of Jesus, but we get to rest and we get to enjoy his creation. We've been talking about Sabbath and just the importance of not just filling up our day and being busy, 
but really enjoying life and creation. And before the New Testament, it was this whole, like, you can't do anything, but because what Jesus brought in in this, in this filling of the, of the law and all these things, you know, the disciples ate, and Jesus performed miracles, and guess what? That we have permission to do stuff on our days off. That looks like serving. That looks like reaching to, out to our neighbors in relationship. That looks like committing to kingdom-minded work. It's important stuff because the message of Jesus is the most important thing in our lives. And then one of the things that I think that we don't want to miss is just this personal invitation. You're going to hear me say this a lot, and you already have. But I know for me, I really hate it when I get email invitations. I hate it like the Facebook invitations and the email invitations because we get to see this long list of who did you send your emails to, and it's very impersonal. You know, you're like, oh, you thought of me, yay. But I'm one person out of like 200 people. And so, you know, I get on the computer and you get an invite that's like, hey, you thought of you, saw you, want you to come to my event. Okay, whatever. How many of you guys are there with me? Feels impersonal, you don't like those. Nobody, am I the only one? Okay, one, okay, great. But, and then you got Facebook invitations that, again, it feels way impersonal. But for us to invite people personally, it's huge. And I already talked about just that personal connection, that one-on-one. But something that I don't want us to miss is that invitations require courage. It requires us to be unashamed of what we're inviting people to. I work in the detention centers, and if I go in and I'm trying to share this message of Jesus with our incarcerated youth, for me to make it be like, well, yeah, I, I lived this life with sin. It was really awesome. I met Jesus, and now life is great. It just, you know, we're, if we're timid, if we don't have just that, that courage about inviting, there's something that gets missed. But if we go in, or if I go in to the detention center, I'm like, hey, like my life was a mess. I was in debt. I had anxiety. I was stressed out over the limit. I had all these things going on in my life, and my life was just collapsing on itself. But guess what? Jesus brought hope into my life. Jesus changed everything. Through his death and resurrection, I have new life. I have hope. I have a future. I have I have a missional goal. I've got a purpose. I have belonging. And all these things that are in my life have changed who I am. I'm no longer my sinful self, but I'm a new creation in Jesus. That sounds much more inviting than us just kind of being like, oh, well, maybe. So let's take the fall festival, for example. You know, if you want to invite your neighbor, you know, it's one thing to invite them and say, hey, we got this thing going on at our church. You might like it. It's be fun. You know, it's that, that doesn't have a lot of energy or courage behind it, you know. But Jesus, when he said, follow me, I don't think it was timid. He was very, it was very much firm. He was like, no, I want you. Come follow me. That feels awesome to be wanted. So to go to your neighbor and to say, hey, 
we got this awesome thing happen at church. We know that you got kids and grandkids. They would love it. We're going to have lots of candy. There's going to be, it's just going to be a great time. And it, this get, opens up the door for us to have kingdom conversations. It opens up the door for long-term relationships. And who knows, when, when you invite them here, you're just like, hey, it was great to have you at our fall festival. I'd love for you to come check out what our normal Sunday service looks like. You know, we have a fantastic pastor. We have a fantastic Asian guy that fills in every once in a while. You know, <laughs> it's just like, come check this out. So as I wrap up, I just, I want to touch on, I think Jesus had two not-so-secret secrets that I want to share with you guys, okay? The first not-so-secret secret was he prayed. He spent a lot of his ministry time in prayer. He got on his knees and he prayed for the people he was doing ministry to. And I'm sure he prayed for the people he was going to invite. And so for us, what would it look like if we got on our knees and we said, Jesus, God, Holy Spirit, who do you want me to invite? Who in my world should I invite? And then we listen. And when we hear the nudging of the Holy Spirit in our heart to say, hey, you should go invite this person, or you should invite this coworker, or you should invite this, this student at school, do it. Move in that. And that's the second secret, not so secret secret, is that Jesus was all about invitation. He invited people to change lives. He invited people to join him in journey. He invited him to an eternal life change. And he invites all of us to do that very same thing. And so if we hope to make disciples of all nations, if we hope to reach our community so that no one misses the grace of God, we have got to be inviting people courageously. We've got to be praying for those who God wants us to reach out to, and we need to move and act on it immediately. Thanks for listening. For more information about New Life Washington, check out our website at newlifeonline.org. God bless.